0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Praise when John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. Blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: To you, Lord Jesus Christ. as you know, we, today we celebrate what we call Gaudete Sunday. The word "gaudete" is a Latin word that's derived from the word "gaudere," meaning to rejoice, to feel joy. How many of you are feeling joy today? That's only about half of you. <laughs> wow! You know the entrance antiphon, which we did not hear this morning, says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I say, rejoice indeed. The Lord is near. We hear again from the prophet Isaiah in the season of Advent today who speaks of this tremendous gift which he had been sent to proclaim to the Israelite people. These people who were in exile, they were the remnant living in exile. And so Isaiah has come to proclaim this new life. the people. Imagine being in exile. Oppressed. Sad. Longing. Feeling the world's coming to an end. This is perhaps what the Israelites were feeling. That God doesn't care anymore. He re-put us in exile and now we're stuck here. Imagine that. And so Isaiah comes to proclaim this new life to the people. The Lord is coming with vindication He's coming with his divine recompense to save them. Their sorrow and mourning will be transformed into joy and gladness. God will come in their midst. His presence would be a joy that would transform their lives and could never be taken away. How many of us want to experience that joy? How many of us are experiencing that joy. Really? Oh my word, we have work to do, folks. (laughs) The same joy has been offered to you and me. Isaiah's promise of joy that comes from God's presence was fulfilled in part with the first appearance of Jesus through the Incarnation, God coming to us as man, and the ultimate and climactic rejoicing at Jesus' second and final appearance is yet to come. The season of Advent is about living in this joy already given to us. It invites you and me to live in this joy that has already been given to us and preparing for the deeper joy yet to come in our own lives as you and I wait in joyful expectation. I don't know if you've thought about this, but true joy is not the one the world gives us through different things. true joy that comes solely from the experience of God's presence in our lives cannot be simulated or created by any other thing. The psalmist says, I rejoice heartily in the Lord in my God is the joy of my soul. Let me ask you, have you ever been around people who seem to be grumpy all the time? Right? Is that your spouse? (laughs) Or people who are negative or cynical? Right? You've been around those kind of people? People who see the glass half empty? People who never smile? They always seem to be mad at the world. you know those people? Are they your friends? Do we know those people? Their face looking a bit lifeless. They look sad all the time. Just go to the supermarket. Go through the checkout line. (laughs) Seriously. How often I've gone through the checkout line and the checker, oftentimes it's a younger person, they look miserable. They really look miserable. They look unhappy. They don't say hello. They just kind of sit there, do their work, and there's no life in them, right? There's no life in them. What do you say to them? I always say, smile, God loves you. That's what I say to them. Try that, seriously. You know, smile, God loves you, right? He wants you to experience joy, this deep joy that only he can bring, you know? And I think to myself, do these people really know the love of Jesus, do they really know the love of Jesus? Do they really know how much God loves them? And do they really know how they look to others? You know, Abraham Lincoln said people are about as happy as they choose to be. And he said after the age 35, the look on your face is the one you put there. Right? If you have been saved by Jesus Christ as someone says would you please inform your face <laughs> if you've been saved by jesus please inform your face you know at the very heart of christian joy is is this deep and profound love of god for us it's a joy that's deeply deeply root, rooted in an intimate relationship with Jesus and sustained by the Holy Spirit. It's the light that can never be extinguished that burns within us. Why? Because God is within us and with us. You know, the joy of which I speak, money can't buy, no matter how hard we try. Comfort can't produce it, no matter how we wish it could. Material security can't create it, no matter how much we try. You know, our our society today, I think, has succeeded, succeeded in multiplying the opportunities for pleasure, but it has great difficulty in generating joy. Why? Because it is spiritual. It is spiritual. Christian joy is a joy that will be present in good times and in bad. It's a joy that's compatible with pain and suffering. Many people think well, how can you be joyful in the midst of suffering? You can. It's possible, it's compatible. It's compatible with illness. It's compatible with failures and contradictions. These, joy, these challenges and, and joy can fit together. Why? Because it's what Jesus experienced. You know, Jesus, knowing of his ensuing suffering and death, what did he say to his disciples in John's Gospel? The Father loves me. And so I love you. Remain in my love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So where did this joy come from? Where did the, Lord, the joy in Jesus in spite of his suffering come from? It came from the deep and profound love of his father that he was experiencing. He knew he was not alone. He may have felt it, it may have appeared that way, but in his heart of hearts, he knew he was not alone. That the father loved him so much and he was so present to him without him necessarily experiencing that. My dear friends, our joy is Jesus. How many of you got up this morning thinking, even thinking about Jesus? And thinking about heaven? We never think about it. How do we think we're going to get there? We we seek out the desires of our hearts, and if the desire for heaven isn't in our heart, we're not going to pursue it in this life in a very intentional way. If Jesus is not the deepest desire of our heart, we're not going to pursue him intentionally every day because whatever is in our heart comes out in our actions. Our joy is Jesus, his faithful love is inexhaustible. And where there is this great joy, which I'm speaking of, there is the presence of the Holy Spirit. No one is excluded from the joy brought by the Lord, Pope Francis says. Christian joy is a joy which is begun with faith, it's lived in faith, and is completed in faith, a faith which tells you and me that the Lord is always in our midst, that he's always near to us. He is so near to me as this candle is. His presence is here. Do you feel it? Do you seek it? Do you believe it? You know, that was the life of John the Baptist as he spent the end of his life in prison. He's in prison. John's been waiting in hope for the Messiah to come. He had preached that that this one would come after him. And now he waits in joyful expectation in prison. And he's asking one last question. Are you he who is to come, or do I look for another? You know, what I think is, is even more interesting is Jesus' response. Jesus doesn't say that he is the one who is to come. He didn't say that. He didn't say yes or no. What did, how did Jesus answer John's question? He answers the question by pointing out to his activity. The blind recover their sight. Cripples walk. Lepers are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life. And the poor will have the good news preached to them. This activity which Jesus shared with John, John would have understood because of his knowledge of the writings of the prophet Isaiah. The words of Jesus respond to the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy of the Messiah's entry into the world which we heard about in the first reading today. You know, for Jesus, for Jesus it's not important who people think he is. That doesn't matter to him. What is important is for people to have faith in the power of God working through him. People who look for fulfillment and happiness outside of a relationship with Jesus, my dear friends will never find it. And they'll continue to seek the things that this world says will make you joyful. They will always be unhappy and joyless and unfulfilled. When people look for joy and happiness, which in the wrong places, they will be led down a road away from Jesus and to an unfulfilled life. The season of Advent is about our joy is Jesus and him alone. Our joy is Jesus and him alone. How are you and I seeking Jesus every single day in our life? If he's to be our closest, most intimate friend, wouldn't we spend want to spend time with him every single day? Like a husband with a wife, a wife with her husband. You're also at the root of Christian joy is a life of charity. The Christian life is meant to be is is, is meant to serve God and to serve our neighbor joyfully. A self-centered person is unable to find joy because of the difficulty of opening him or herself to God and to others. And you know the reason charity is the root is at the root of Christian joy? You know why that is? You know why that is? Is because it mirrors God's love for us. That's why it is. It mirrors this charity mirrors God's love for you and me. So this season of Advent, look at it this way. I'm going to leave you with kind of an image. The season of Advent is when God sings a great love song to us. God sings a great love song to us, and the words of this love song are, and my word became flesh and dwelt among us, dwelt among you, to become the ultimate and everlasting joy of all of our desires. It is Jesus in whom we wait and long for. It is Jesus who desires to walk with us. In fact, think about this. It is Jesus who is rejoicing over us with gladness. Imagine yourself, imagine, allow yourself to imagine this. Jesus is rejoicing over you with great gladness. You know, there are many things, many things in Advent and Christmas that can lead us to joy But the the only true path to joy is in seeking the real presence of God. Not in a manger, but in a true lived relationship with Jesus. To connect with him each day through prayer. To connect each day with the God who is rejoicing over us with gladness.